people think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Well, today we're going to be talking about taking dialysis on the road, travel tips for the kidney patient. I want to take a trip. I want to go on a vacation. I need a break. Where do I want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where, where, where's my favorite destination? I would, you know, I just came back from a trip. I know where your favorite destination is. The your refrigerator? Your home theater. Your home theater. I love my home theater. Yes, you get to sit back and watch the movies, and you, actually you can watch a movie and go and somewhere you, else. And, you don't, and your feet don't stick to the floor with the popcorn and the juice and the, that's been spilled and everything. I love that. <laughs> no, I went on a vacation recently to uh, Orcas Island. It's off the coast of Washington State. And we had a wonderful trip. So pretty up there. It was. But you know what? There was no dialysis there. It was two hours away in Seattle. That was the closest dialysis. So I had to skip one day and came back and uh, had dialysis So then. you just went three days over the weekend. Did your doctor give you permission to do that? Yes, he did. Well, he you did. have you have some kidney function, too. Yeah, I do. So, I do. But we wouldn't recommend that without your uh, physician's approval. No, that's right. Now, well, you're planning a trip, too, I know. You? I'm going on an Alaskan cruise. Um, I'm really excited because I've... I just think the glaciers are so beautiful, and I can't wait to go through Glacier Bay. Well, you better hurry because of the global warming. I know, I know. And and actually, I heard somebody who went on an Alaskan cruise, they sit out on their balcony at night, and you can hear the glaciers dropping off and crashing in the water while you're just cruising. I mean, you can hear the sound. Wow. Um, Can you imagine that? I mean, if they're breaking off that quick. That makes you kind of scared. One of the tours we're going to take, it's going to teach you about how to pan for gold or something like that. So, uh, Honey, I'll give you a quarter. <laughs> a little gold dust and hear some of the history. So I'm really excited. And um, Now, is this a dialysis cruise or a no, regular it's cruise? No, it's just a regular cruise. Um, actually, my husband and I, um, my mom and my aunt, and actually my in-laws. So it's going to be the six of us going on this cruise. Oh, my gosh. The heart wells on the ocean sea. So, and I actually hear that um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really relaxing cruise. So, you know, I've been really busy lately, so I'm looking forward to just taking some time out. Right. You're going to do the shuffleboard thing? Yes. And the, and I'm going to do the shuffleboard and the, what is it, the buffet. And the rock climbing wall. And um, go to the little shows at night and be a cruiser. You're a cruiser. You're a cruiser. (laughs) Today we have with us Marcel Levesque, and he's the director of patient travel services for Fresenius Medical Care. So he's going to give us some tips on what you need to do to travel safely when you're on dialysis. And I don't think taking an extra day off is the best thing to do. No, it, it isn't. But, you know, it was only one day. And, and, you know, Marcel's kind of cool because, you know, he has that kind of New Orleans accent, which I love. Yes. I love that. So he's going to give us all the insight on A what French you need to do. A French guy named Marcel. On the road again, going places that I've never been, seeing things that I may never see again. I can't wait to get on the road again. Well, hi, Marcel. It's so great to have you here today. It's great to be here. It's an exciting time for patients traveling with dialysis to find them spots. 
Now, where did you travel from, Marcel? I came all the way in from New Orleans. New Orleans. I love the way you say that. Say it again. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. I love that. That's always a fun place to uh, visit. It's a great place to visit. Yes. My gosh, I was there one time, and it was just, I want to go back. And yes. I love the airport, the Louis Armstrong Airport. Everything I mean, centers around music down in New Orleans, that and food. That and food, which, of course, is my favorite subject. Well, we were going to talk about traveling as a dialysis patient and, uh, you know, on PD and hemo and how people think it's very, very difficult to do, and you're going to dispel that myth. That's right. Well, time was, uh, it was very difficult to find uh, referring clinics to call and, and get accepting clinics for patients who are traveling just for one or two treatments. As you know, the industry, dialysis industry, is a very paper complex yes, uh, medical definitely. industry. But now things have changed a little bit. In fact, uh, Fresenius had a information-only program about five years ago that offered the nearest three clinics, no matter who owned them, who ran them, gave the, the name and then the phone numbers, and then it was back to the patient or their social worker to find a clinic on their own. Um, but many times the patients found that when they called, they were given excuses, were full. I don't know if I have enough staff. I don't know if we're going to have any available staff coming down the pipe. So we, we took it upon ourselves then to develop internally a program that we would actually do the calls on behalf of the patients or social workers. And when we got those roadblocks, we decided to elevate it to a management level to say, why are we turning away all these patients? Patients should have the right to travel just like everybody else. Um, and so, yes, so I know that when I was on dialysis, it was. I had that problem. I wanted to go somewhere, and it became so complicated. So I just decided, well, I, I thought I couldn't travel, or I thought I could only take the short weekend trips. So how does it work? How does the process what's, work? Yeah, what's the first step that a uh, dialysis patient does? Well, most of the time, they will tell their social worker that they're going someplace for a specific purpose. Niece is getting married. They want to go there. They're going to need two treatments. So at that point, then the social worker has several options available to them. They can call on their own. They can look up uh, the list, which is produced by dialysis and transplantation, or the service we offer. It's the patient travel service. It's an 800 number, 800-634-6254. They can let us know where they're going. We'll take the patient's name, information, the dates of travel, how many treatments they need. If they have any special requests, I'm attaining a, attending a bat mitzvah. I need to get done no later than 11, that type of... They actually have bat mitzvahs in New Orleans? <laughs> Believe it or not, they have Jewish people there as well. Oh, my gosh. And, and how much time in advance should a patient actually plan this? I mean, they can't... Is it impossible to call a week before they travel? How much time? It's not impossible. Uh, we, we ask for four weeks. We know most of the time... When get somewhere between two to three. Uh, the, the, the last minute emergency situations that we do find across the whole industry, people are understanding, appreciative, sick loved one or a funeral, something like that. So we reserve those last minutes truly for emergencies. So we ask if it's for pleasure, please call four weeks ahead of time so we can schedule the treatments. Now, do you have a longer lead time or can you even do this outside of the United States? Uh, yes, we actually have a sister division. Uh, it's called Holiday Dialysis International. They're based in Italy, and they help us place patients all throughout Europe. Uh, we use FMC Japan for the patients going to the Far East. Oh, wow. Uh, on my staff, I have a, a bilingual individual, so she helps with a lot of the Spanish-speaking patients that go, especially to South America. So we do help that. Now, that's different lead time, and there's different requirements from one country to the next. Uh, we follow the same guidelines across all the states here for the, in America, but when you go international, you never know what they're going to require of you. So I'm in the clinic, and so I just ask the social worker, so I tell the social worker, well, I want to go to Orlando. 
for um, a vacation. And then you just give them the dates, and then they call uh, the travel service, or is it up to the patient to call the travel service? Many times it's a social worker calling the patient travel service. Okay, I see. And their social worker is going to be involved. Even if they do not initially set up the treatment, they're going to have to be involved because they got to gather the paperwork, the clinical paperwork that's needed to send to the accepting clinic. And I I, I hear... I hear that that's somewhat complicated. I mean, when you're going to travel somewhere, you need just as much paperwork as you do if you start a clinic, correct? If, if you're starting treatment at a clinic, correct? That is correct. There's as many forms to be signed for that single treatment in a visiting clinic that, as you would have when you're brand new to dialysis starting with your permanent uh, system. I know. I, I just did that. I went to a, one other clinic. It was in my neighborhood, but I wanted to try another clinic. And it was like my Gosh, Lori, it was like going to the DMV. You know, it was like buying a house. I had to fill out so many forms and everything. I I had to give blood before they would take my blood. So uh, you know, it was it was it was they incredible. To, you had to give blood before they could take your blood. It's, it's a little joke. Come, <laughs> okay, stay okay. with me. Stay with me, Lori. Stay with Just me. Trying to understand now, um, your thought process. My biggest concern, you know, what about payment? Are they gonna? Is the insurance gonna pay for one outside of uh, your own clinic? That will vary depending on the payer source. For those patients who have Medicare's primary, Medicare will pay wherever they receive their treatment within the United States. Internationally, they are going to have to pay for that themselves. But then based on the payer sources, the different insurance companies, you might have different requirements. You might need to get a, a, a approval by the company before you travel that they're going to pay. So some negotiations might have to happen. Uh, of many clinics, will ask for the 20% copay that Medicare does not pay up front. Currently, we're working on a process to become consistent across the country with the units that we refer patients to so patients can know ahead of time what they can expect out of pocket when they're going on their trip. Wow. Well, this is this is really it's informative. Important to know, yes. Yeah, because you know, people just they want to know, you know, what they're gonna do. Now when we come back, we're gonna talk more with Marcel about traveling around, being a dialysis patient, and maybe some special vacations that he knows about. Sounds great. We'll be back soon. On the road again. I just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends. Postman, here you go. Hmm. I won the million-dollar giveaway sweepstakes. Oh, I finally got my tax refund check. Oh, my God. I I can't believe this. I got my order of Dairy Delicious. Oh, boy. Milkshakes, creamy soup, cereal with milk, and pudding. (laughs) Why is Mr. Smith so excited about his Dairy Delicious? I have a hint. You see, Mr. Smith is on dialysis, and Dairy Delicious is real milk especially created for kidney patients. It has half the potassium and half the phosphorus of regular 2% milk, but it has 100% of the flavor. Perfect for people who love dairy products and need to keep their lab values normal and dietitians happy. And most of all, it's delicious. Thousands who have tried Dairy Delicious sing its praises. See what I mean? To order your own Dairy Delicious and possibly get as excited as Mr. Smith here, call 1-877-4-DAIRY-7. That's 1-877-432-4797. Or visit DairyDelicious.com. Dairy healthy, dairy good, Dairy Delicious. The milk that's made for you. 
Hi, folks. Crazy Kenny Kid here to tell you about the incredible specials we're having. We are definitely wheeling and dealing this weekend. If I can't put you in a proper axis, a lifeline like me and the missus like to call them, then I'll stand on my head and eat a low-sodium bug. First, we have a Crazy Kenny Kid special on hemodialysis access with several different models. We have catheters great for the beginners or in any emergency, but you'll soon want to move up to a more sporty model. Next, we have the AV Graft, a good utility access. But believe me, sweet folks, I have saved the best for last. The fistula. This is the access that everyone is talking about. You'll get great mileage and years of use with this baby. What's that you say? Hemo just doesn't fit the lifestyle you prefer, PD? Well, feast your eyes on this baby. Oh, I forgot this is radio. You'll just have to trust me on this one, folks. This is the PD catheter model. Beautiful, efficient, and easily hidden from view. So take your pick. We're dealing all week. We'll really have to move these babies. Keep your access clean and free of infection. A daily check for signs of redness and warmth could indicate infection. Check with your health care team for tips on how to keep your dialysis access clean and safe for use. And remember, if I can't put you in one of these lifelines, I'll stand on my head and eat a low-sodium bug. Well, I guess you have a lot of patients wanting to travel to different parts of the country. Do you have any hot spots that patients like to travel yeah, to? Yeah, hot dialysis spots. Hot dialysis spots. Does Las Vegas qualify as a I hot think dialysis it does. spot? What about Orlando, Florida? That's uh, good. I would say on a year-long basis, those two spots receive the most requests for traveling dialysis patients wow. continuously all 12 months. Now, there are other spots during different times of the year in the fall to see all the leaves changing up in the northeast maine massachusetts that area seems to get a lot in the summertime you have lots of people making treks to washington dc so the baltimore maryland that area so it does vary does um las vegas dialysis units have slot machines in the dialysis unit right now they don't but i guess it's some way of looking to increase revenue <laughs> always, always. You know, I just went on vacation, and they did not have a dialysis unit where I was. So the nearest one was like two hours away. Uh, so that made it impossible. So I arranged it. So I skipped a couple of days and then got dialysis at my home base when I came back. But, you know, not every place has dialysis units. Yeah, that that is, you know, again, it is something about the size of the population in the general mm-hmm. area that you're going to. What's the likelihood of the incidence rate of dialysis? Many of these companies just like any other uh, industry, has to look around to see where they're going to build the next dialysis clinic. And sometimes we just can't afford to build one if there's maybe only 10 patients there. So you do have to travel. But when we have patients call us, we use MapPoint. Um, we plug in the address, the destination of where they're going to, and it pulls up a map of the clinics. We know what the nearest clinics are to where they're going to. And one of the things that the units are becoming so full nowadays, what happens if I want to travel to a certain destination? And I know, like, the San Francisco area is is very popular, and it's just full because there's so, so many patients there. What happens if I want to travel to San Francisco and you don't know if you're actually going to have an opening? Well, what we, we hope to attend, attend to is, is the needs of the patient. 
They should have the right to travel. We call the clinics that are closest to where they're going. And if we do get a, a, a response that we're full, we ask them, what's been your average mistreatment rate? And you can go back through months and months and see that some of them have 8 9 10% mistreatment rates. That's due to their patients traveling, hospitalizations. We ta- try to take advantage of those missed treatments to put patients in. Now, we have to be careful. We're not the airlines. We can't overbook by 20% and then offer somebody a free round-trip dialysis <laughs> yes. treatment later. <laughs> That's so funny. what we always try to do is have a guaranteed place first. So we'll find the nearest clinic that will accept the patient today. It may be 40 miles away from where you're going. And then we try within a week from when you travel to talk to the nearer clinics to where you're, you're going to get them to accept you. Now, you're from Fresenius, but there's obviously there's other companies. Now, do you always book a Fresenius clinic yeah. or the closest one? When we call, uh, we're calling Fresenius facilities. And that's because we, we can take it up the food chain to higher levels of management to say we're getting some trouble for a given area. Mm-hmm. They don't want to accept patients. And we want them all to open their arms up to traveling patients. In the event there is not a Fresenius clinic in the near vicinity to where a patient's going, we will offer the caller, whether it's the patient or the social worker, those clinics, their phone numbers and their contact points to try to help facilitate them finding care there. Because the patient, you know, ultimately, a happier patient is a healthier patient. And when you're traveling, you're happier. You know what? I'm never happy on dialysis. (laughs) How how are you happy on dialysis? I, I I don't think you truly can be every time you're getting treated and stuck with needles. But you know what? The ability to travel... And go enjoy your life just as everybody else would is important. And to have a life, because without dialysis, as much as we hate it, you know, it's a necessary evil kind of thing. Well, is there some destination in the country that, that you think patients should be considering? Actually, I think ca- patients should look at wherever they want to travel. I mean, they might as well attempt and see. Uh, unfortunately, there will be some areas of the country that may not have a, a dialysis unit in the near vicinity. But if they have an idea that they'd like to travel somewhere within the country or even international, right. it can't hurt to call an 800 number to find out what's available for them. Isn't there over 3,000 dialysis facilities in this country? Isn't yeah. it something like that? Isn't it, that the number? Th- there's roughly that, that many. Um, actually, I think it's closer to 4,000 dialysis clinics in the country. And there's approximately 400,000 plus patients receiving care. Right. So I guess it's everywhere. One of the places that I traveled, I actually went to a dialysis facility there, was Asheville, North Carolina. And it was so beautiful there. I mean, there's so many little destinations that you would never consider. So it's really neat to be able to have this opportunity. Uh, One of the things that um, is a question is about if you're on chronic ambulatory peritoneal dialysis, CAPD, uh, what kind of arrangements do patients who are on CAPD need to make? That depends on the length of their trip. If they're going for a short duration, they'll probably take enough supplies with them to last for their entire trip. But what they should always know, because anything can happen on the trip, maybe their supplies will get busted on the flight. We're never Mm -hmm. sure about that. So they need to find out what nearest clinic has backup supplies or can do backup PD and what nephrologists, in the event something else triggers a trip to the hospital in their destination city, they want to have a nephrologist who... Uh, believes in peritoneal dialysis and actually has, you know, many patients on that. So that's one of the things we can help provide to them. So that if they, in the event something happens where they get sick and they have to go to the nearest hospital, that doctor will be somewhat familiar with with um, PD and how to care for them. Correct. And, and we try to let them know that in the event something happens, go to St. Mary's Hospital and Dr. Mm-hmm. Jones is there to help you at St. Mary's because that's where he admits to. I love Dr. Jones. <laughs> oh, that's a made-up name, right? Oh, okay. But do you know what? You know, even though they have all your paperwork and everything, I always find that, you know, it's great to let 
the person who's actually sticking you know kind of the idiosyncrasies of your own fistula or your own graph? You know, like, you know, if you stick me higher and put the needle at an angle or something, it'll flow better. And, you know, just give them pointers because they're, you know, they're not to be a pun, but they're sticking blindly. You know, they're they're doing it. Well, blindly. that's why self cannulation is so important. We had Bill Peckham on a uh, previous. Yes, we had this guy, Bill Peckham. He's traveled <laughs> all around the world. It's amazing. And he just learned how to, to insert his own needles. So he no longer has that problem. So I guess that would be a tip. Um, also. There's uh, cruises and uh, dialysis at sea, yeah, I think. Yeah, does is... Fresenius have a cruise that they do? Not or... Fresenius. There's a company called Dialysis at Sea. They have their website, and they're actually contracted with several different cruise lines, Holland Cruise Line, Royal Caribbean, and they also have one or two of the trips that Renaissance Cruise Line makes. And that's they actually have the machines on board on the cruise line. They, the patients can receive their care on the ship so they don't have to miss any ports of call and spend all day getting treated. Now, is it true that the dialysis machines are right next to the uh, rock climbing wall? Uh, not on most ships. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't even know there it's was a the rock top, climbing It's at the top, so they really got to want to get there. Yes, exactly. That's a good incentive to have the dialysis machine right at the at top of the rock climbing wall. You get your exercise, you get your dialysis, and you don't overeat either, which is what happens on cruises. Definitely. I didn't know they had a rock climbing wall and a cruise. You're on the wrong cruise, Lori. What cruise you're, are you talking you're, about? You're, you're talking about the one where you pick up the Chippendale dancers. Oh, so, that's another right. show for Lori. Single well, women on the prowl. <laughs> Actually, I went on a cruise one time, and um, I think I was the only straight female on the whole entire cruise. Really? <laughs> I know. It, it that's ended the up, one that went out of San it, Francisco. <laughs> Did we cruise anywhere specific? But I have to tell you, I mean, Angle it was up. great because I could dance all night, and, um, you know, there's always plenty of people to dance with. So oh, That's perfect, perfect. Well, gosh, thanks for stopping by, Marcel. I love that name, Marcel. Did, did people ever tease you in school with that name, Marcel? Like, like uh, are you a mime Yeah, person? Marcel, Marcel, obviously, yeah. when I was growing up, you know, that, but obviously it's it's a good French Cajun name, so I enjoy it. It is. A, 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 now, you're originally from New Orleans, or did Born you move raised. there? Born and raised in New Orleans. Are you a big Saints fan? Unfortunately, yes. You know, uh-huh. And, and uh, we, we didn't have hell freeze over, but we had the, the, the city flood, so maybe that's a good sign something's going to happen. Good yeah, what is it like now? Tell, tell us the— Well, it's exciting. We got Reggie Bush. I mean, it's uh, how, yes. that, how he fell to us. We're looking forward to this year. But what's the city like now? What does the feel like right now? Um, it's coming back. It's, it's a lot slower than we'd like to see it. Uh, but it's going to be back. It's a strong city. The people that are there, myself included, we're not going anywhere. We hope uh, we're blessed that we don't have any more of these tra- traumatic events anytime right, soon. Right, we're just uh, in hurricane season right now, and we're hoping the best for you guys. Well, I appreciate that, and so. I'm sure everybody in New Orleans does, too. So if anybody what? wants to travel, what's that number again that they call? 800-634-6254. And we'll have some information on our website about traveling as well at rsnhope.org. But I had one more question that brought up a bit. Too late. We're done. No, I have one more question. Hey, it's partly my show, too. Okay. Um, When you're traveling, if you actually have some type of an emergency where, let's say, you get, you know, you're heading home and the, the airport's closed, what do you do? I mean, you're scheduled to go home. You don't have any more treatment scheduled in the, your city destination. Oh, and you're delayed. I see what you're, you're saying. Delayed. Yeah, yeah. If you're delayed, what, what does the patient do? Well, m- you know, the simple answer to that is in any emergent situation, go to the nearest hospital. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the easiest answer I could give because without being a physician, not right. knowing how long it's been since they're dialyzed, 
Do not hesitate. If you know that you need to have a dialysis treatment, you haven't had one for two days, please go to the nearest hospital. Right. If, if you've had one just yesterday and you're, and you're backlogged and you know you're going to be frozen in in the north, let's say, because the airlines have all stopped flying, then you have an opportunity to call your home facility, say, hey, can you find a, lo- a local facility that's open? Call the travel service. We'll try to fit you in. And you know what? Um, actually, another thing that just came to mind is that it might be a good idea to just have a copy of your basic records all the time with you when you're traveling. So that w- would that be a good idea to have? It's some a great of the idea. It's just not in, in practice. Most patients do not take that with them. We've tried, even when we know we have an approaching storm, putting packets together, and fifty to sixty percent of them will leave it because it's not the first thing on their mind when they're trying to get out of town. So uh, we're trying to come up with some other ideas for our patients, maybe to have a card that they could scan that would have most of the information or dog tags or something like that, something that would have a majority of their information on who to contact on the patient that they will always have with them. But right now, it's not that easy. But but ideally, it would be easy for them just to take a packet of information with them and put it in their suitcase Or a somewhere. small flash drive that you could take and stick it in a, in a PC. In your it sounds so for- sci-fi, futuristic, you know? You put your eye up to a machine and tells all about it or something. I know it tells you tells you everything you need to know but yes it is important I mean because you know you're going to a unit if they can't get to your other facility or can't get in contact they don't know what your stats were previously and that can make your your next treatment more uncomfortable so I encourage all the patients to be educated about you know their treatment plan and bring some copies of their records with them because it's so important you just never know and when you come back, you're going to bring me one of those, what is the, the, the fried the pastry? What is that called? A beignet. A beignet. Oh, we got to bring back one of those. Even though I'm a diabetical, beignet. sneak it under the table or something. Well, thank you so much, Thanks Marcel. Thanks so we much, really Marcel. You coming thank in. you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure talking with y'all. On the road again. We never go anywhere. What are you talking about? We just came back from the grocery store. I thought we had a great time squeezing the tomatoes and produce. I know someplace more exciting than squeezing tomatoes. The breakfast cereal aisle? The city of brotherly love. Oh, honey, I don't even like your brother. Philadelphia. Renal Support Network is holding their big national patient meeting. With you being on dialysis, I figure this would be a great place for us to mingle with other patients and healthcare professionals that are experiencing the same kind of challenges we do. There's going to be panelists from all over the country, hundreds of patients, fun, and even games. An illness is too demanding when you don't have hope. Tell me about it. It's this October 5th through the 7th in Philadelphia. They even will have dialysis services available for you for the trip. I think this is just perfect to help you empower yourself about decisions on your own care and treatments. What do you say? Well, let's see. A fun convention in a fun city with other people and healthcare professionals exchanging knowledge and ideas and giving us hope in living with my kidney disease with interesting speakers, activities, and even games. Or a trip to the half-price dented can section at the Food King. Hmm. For more information, call Renal Support Network at 818-543-0896 or go to their website at rsnhope.org. Hello? Hi, Mom. Boy, that was some storm last night, huh? We actually lost power for a few minutes. Oh, you think that was bad? You should have seen the one back in 52. Well, now that you're on dialysis, you should really have a plan in case of an emergency. Ha! 
Last emergency I had was when you got your head stuck in the hamster cage. Scared the little fellow to death. Those big eyes just staring at him. I'm talking about emergencies, like severe weather, earthquakes, or power outages. What if there was no water or transportation to get you to dialysis? It's important to be prepared. You mean like carrying important medical information? Or asking your facility for alternative arrangements for treatment? Or preparing emergency stock of supplies, foods, and medicines? Or learning what diet to follow if your dialysis must be delayed? You already knew all this? I've got to run, Sonny. I'm late for Taekwondo. Bye, Mom. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends. I feel like taking a trip right now. You know what's great is, you know, I didn't know you could travel all these places and still get dialysis. And it's it's wonderful how, I think it was globaldialysis.com and you can find a place anywhere in the world. Well, one of the things that I thought was really interesting, too, is that why it's so important to work with, you know, your social worker, but they work through their uh, travel agency. Davida has a travel agency and also does Fresenius Medical Care that, you know, they actually know the different units and know when seats may open up. So you may hear that they don't have a seat if you call them directly, but it's really important to work through these organizations because they know how to help get you your treatment scheduled and all the things that you need to make your trip as uneventful as possible. Yeah, and you know, unevent- you, people want an eventful trip, but I, you're right. I, I want right. an uneventful trip. And, you know, they do make it a lot easier. Everything's planned for you, and you just got to give them a little bit of lead time, yes. and then everything is taken care of for you. It's it's so important to, the more you have advanced notice of where you're going to go somewhere, the easier it is for them to schedule for you. But he did say that you only need a couple of weeks, and they will try to work with you. But having said that, I think you shouldn't put it off if you know you're going to go somewhere. Right, but even in an emergency, he said, that could take care of you. Yes. Like, a, a, you know, a, unfortunately, a, a family death or, you know, some kind of an emergency or something. Well, you know, even if you go away for the weekend um, and you're not using dialysis services anywhere, you should know where the hospital is because some hospitals don't have dialysis services. So it may be a good idea to talk to your doctor, talk to your social worker, say, I'm going to Vegas for the weekend. If something were to happen or if some kind of disaster hit, where where would I go in that city? Because I think that it's important to to know where to go. Because if you go to a little community hospital that doesn't have dialysis services, you're just going to be, you know, spinning your wheels. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to Vegas for the weekend. If you can't find me, I'll be at the buffet. <laughs> Right. I'll be at the video poker machine. Right, exactly, exactly. No, but it's, it's great, and I thought it was a great tip to, if you can, you know, take your, you know, a little miniature packet with you of your medical records. Oh, I, I know. I think it is. Um, I have a little card in my wallet that talks about all the medication I take and all the different things, because it is. You just forget after a while, and uh, you need to know, you know, your dialysis prescription, some of the, the the things that, you know, you need to have a good treatment if you can't be in your own facility. Now, if you are a world traveler and a kidney patient on dialysis or a transplanter, and you have a tip for I us... I think that's funny, or if you're a transplanter. It, it, may, it sounds like they transplanted from one city to another, Oh, I mean, but I mean, if you do have a comment or a good tip or you've been to a real exciting place and you found the dialysis unit really good and helpful, you know, 
Give us a call or write us at kidneytalk at rsnhope.org. Or you can leave us a voicemail message at 866-379-HOPE. That's 866-379-4673. And uh, if we play it on the air, we will send you what, Stephen? A mug and a pen. (laughs) I wish it was different, folks, but it's a low-budget show. But they are really nice pens. They are really nice pens. The mug... The um, mug is cute. The mug is cute. Yeah, it's and a great mug. And it, you know, will remind you of kidney talk. <laughs> right, it's, it's a small mug for it's good for fluid restrictions. Renal Support Network would like to thank everyone who has made this show possible. Kidney Talk's founding sponsor is Amgen. Generous support is provided by Roche Pharmaceuticals and Astellas. Friends of Kidney Talk are Abbott Laboratories, American Region, and Fresenius Medical Care North America. Thank you for helping us stream health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. Visit rsnhope.org for more information. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. 